Welcome to the Discovery Doc Podcast, where we advocate for optimal wellness and reducing everyday toxic loads, no matter where life takes you. I'm Dr. Cece, doctor in nursing practice, self-proclaimed toxin tamer, and a crunchy mama. I'm Anna Kate, a medical mystery overachiever and your Discovery Liaison. Join us on this exciting journey as we explore the world of holistic health, cutting-edge research, and practical solutions for a healthier life. Together, we'll navigate through the complexities of wellness, sharing valuable insights, and expert advice. Tune in to the Discovery Doc Podcast. Get ready to be inspired, empowered, and discover a whole new way of looking at your health. I'm here with your host, Dr. Cece, functional medicine nurse practitioner, self-proclaimed toxin tamer, and crunchy mama, alongside my friend. I'm Anna Kate, your medical mystery overachiever and discovery liaison. And this month, we're going to be talking about all about girl stuff, all about women's health and getting down into all the nitty gritty. And we've got a couple of um, really cool interviews coming your way. So don't, so don't miss them. Make sure that you if you know a mom, or you are a mom, or you're a daughter, or you, know or you have a mom, yeah, you're listening because it's important. I don't think enough men know the details at all about women's health and hormones, and I think it's important because I think it would make them understand us a lot better. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. So stick around; you'll learn something, um, and we're gonna get into kind of girl stuff. So. Yeah. You'll learn, you'll, you'll learn something. But I have a question first. What's in your cup? I want to know what's in your cup. What's in my cup? So I, I said Anna Kate would be proud of me today because it's not coffee in my cup today. But it is electrolyte drink. So there's a company called Cure Hydration that I love, C-U-R-E Hydration. You all, you all know I'm a stickler for ingredients and I don't like when there's just added sugars or synthetic ingredients or just, sorry, dumb dosages of things. So Cure Hydration is one of my favorite. We used it in, in our house and they came out with a peach flavor. Don't judge it because any of y'all who drank peach Snapple as a kid, do you remember that? Like the peach Snapple iced tea? That shows you how far I've come in life. <laughs> I used to drink that down like every single day. That is what it tastes like. It is so good, like a peach iced tea, but it is pure electrolytes, organic, natural ingredients, oh. and a little bit of extra added caffeine in there for, for this chick. So that's what's in my cup. What's in yours? Well, it's a very peachy day because I have a white peach tea. Stop. Uh-huh. We're, we're on Connected. So hers is iced and cold. Mine is hot. Um. So, but yeah, I needed a little ginger. No, it's not ginger peach. It's just white tea. Yeah, that sounds good. I'm, I'm not quite at a place where I can drink hot stuff yet. It does make a really good iced tea as well. But I'm yeah. So that's what's in our cup. So let us know what's in your cup. I'm going to give you a couple of housekeeping things really quick. Um, because hey, we have a podcast, and you've heard a lot. <gasps> we of, do. You have a lot of episodes. So just make sure that you're going into your um, emails, checking your junk folder. Just make sure it's not in there. Add it to, um, add us to your contact list, and then also in the show notes, if you've got a question. 
if you want us to answer here or you've got a suggestion for a topic of, hey, I'd like to know more about this. I think it's something that moms struggle with or our kids are going through. Mm -hmm. In the show notes, send us, there's a little button. You can click the button and go and send us your name and email and ask a question. And we can now start doing our um, Discover member question. Uh, we have to call it. Let us know what you want us to call it. Our Yo, give us a name. What do you want our mailbag to be? But it's so true. We Anki and I will talk about all the things that we like to talk about. But the point of this is to empower anybody who's listening to just make the best decisions for you and your family when it comes to health and wellness. So we always want to know what's going on, what you need help with, what you have questions about. And we will always try our best to integrate that into our episodes or create, you know, entire episodes around that if it's a if it's just a wonderful topic. So yeah, let us know. Yeah. And another thing, if you're liking our our podcast, please leave us a review and five stars on only five stars, nothing less. But on 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 all the podcast places, it really helps us get seen. And if you can find a friend to share it with, that would be absolutely phenomenal. Share with another mom. We'll send you air hugs. Yes, big air. Big air hug. Okay. We are talking about da, 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 birth control. Tell me your thoughts on birth control and then I'll tell you mine. Uh, ah. You want my personal endeavor or do you want my... I want both. Both. Okay. I'm cold. So my... I have never been on the... What is traditionally called a pill. I've never done that. Okay. Um, so when I got married, I had... Um, I tried out Nexplanon once, mm-hmm. and my body doesn't like the, hor- the hormones, so I went to an IUD, and if y'all remember from episode two, um, that time that I was hemorrhaging and all that fun stuff, I actually spelled one. Oh! And then, yeah. Sorry, men listeners. Sorry. Well, now you know, so the things that we do. Um, but yeah, so I had it once. And all of that was happening with my body around that time. And then um, when I got married, I had another one with my overachieving medical self. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't want to do go down that road if we didn't have to. During all of that, my body couldn't handle it. Your body didn't anyway. like it. Right. My yeah. body likes the IUD. It did not like the next one on. That was oh, like the next it. one on. Oh, yeah. your body spelled that. No, no, no. Oh, I was like, how would that even happen? I had the thing in my arm. My body didn't like it. Clearly not listening to you. In a week. Uh, I had one IUD, copper IUD. That you just told me. It, right. Right. So remember in episode two when I was telling you about how my fibroids in my cervix, I had that big fibroid in my cervix didn't close. During that period, oh. my body oh. felt, I had a whole mental breakdown about that. I'm like, oh my gosh. Holy, okay. That makes sense now. Then when I got married. I had another one for it. I was like an implant expelled from her arm. No. What are you saying? <laughs> there were there were three. I still have one of the copper, and that what worked. That's okay. What worked so you best found what worked for you. Yeah. So the hormones never yeah. did the pill, never did the tracking, never had bad acne enough to go down that road. Road, and luckily my mom was like, "Hey, you don't. I mean, abstinence is it's, it's key. It's good to prevention." Yeah. So she's <laughs> like, "You really don't have acne that bad that it would." Yeah. Rent going down that road glad that i didn't because that seems to be a pickup in adult life now for a lot of us we'll talk about that um 
I get, I get that. So I was, I went on birth control, the pill, I don't know, maybe 17 or 18. Um, and then when I was 23, yeah, 23, cause Will and I were engaged. My mom, as soon as we got engaged, my mom was like, Hey, please go off the pill. And I was like, why? <laughs> like, I'm not ready for kids. Um, and it, she had a lot of complications getting pregnant. And so she, I mean, just massive infertility, um, issues. And so she wanted me to get off because she goes, if you take after me and she has some of the fun antibodies you have, she has something called anti-cardiolipid antibodies, which does make it harder to become pregnant. Um, she was like, if you take after me, I just want you to be set up for success when you do want to have kids. Right. So please get off. So I got off of birth control and I never, I mean, at the time looking back, I don't know if it contributed certain things I was going through, but now that I know what I know, I would never go on it. And I was pregnant with Ava within two months. <laughs> there, God, they're good God. At babies and they're really good at making babies. But it was, you know, like we are, we are, our wedding was coming up. We were already engaged. Like it was fine. Obviously, she is such a blessing, but it, it was also amazing to know that my body was working how it should so quickly after being on birth control for six, seven years. But then I tried to get two IUDs in between, one in between Ava and Jackson and one after Jackson, and my body decided them. At the worst every single month. I mean, I bled for six, seven months in a row, like non-stopping, yeah. just in a row. And then the worst, every time I was ovulated, I could feel it and cysts were popping every single time and fluid was accumulating and not draining. And finally I was like, pineapple, like take this out and never put anything back in. Yeah. And, and it, your body reacted that way where my body liked it, but my body cannot do hormones. I cannot, yeah. cannot do. Well, I mean, we'll get into that with some of our friends well but it's an important and very generally that's a very important thing to talk about is just that we are all different we can all handle very different things and just as one woman can handle one thing does not mean that someone else can handle the same thing right especially with how our hormones change within 30-day window men are very lucky fun fact did you know men's testosterone resets every 24 hours which explains them a lot but ours goes through a 30-day cycle, which explains us a lot. Yes. <laughs> and they're not going to pay attention that we're telling them that this is how things work and mm -hmm. they won't hear this. So if you're listening, you're going to Yeah. Something I do encourage women to kind of side note is I have a lot of patients who don't, a lot of women who, I mean, 20s, 30s, who still don't understand our cycle. Okay. So- We've always, okay, so I get that. So if you're in this camp, it took me a long time and I still don't quite all understand it. But I've always thought that it's always been said in the vernacular of Western that, hey, you're, you're, you started your cycle. Well, your cycle is not your period. Yes. Okay. It's not menses. Yes. It's not menses. So, right. Exactly. You said that perfectly. Because so many patients think that when I say the word cycle, it's just when you're bleeding. Like that's your period when you're bleeding. Yes. So we won't, we're going to dive a little bit deeper into periods after we talk more about birth control. But one thing I don't want to forget to say is that your cycle 
So everyone's cycle is a little bit different, but traditionally our cycle is 28 days. So it's that whole time between day one is the first day that you bleed. That's day one. Then you bleed for whatever. Some people two, lucky you guys, two days, some people six, seven days. And so then you keep counting and you go all the way up to day 28. Some point in the middle of that, you ovulate. Everybody's different. Some people it's going to be around day 12, 13. Some people I'm a late ovulator. I'm around day 21. And then your cycle ends the day before your period starts again. So that's your whole cycle. So again, for some people, that's 28 days. For other people, 30, 31, 32, whatever it might be. That's very important. Your period is just the days that you are actively bleeding. So within that 28 day, we'll do air quotes because not everyone's 28 days. Your hormones are changing that entire time. Your estrogen, your progesterone, your LH, your testosterone is changing that entire time. And it should keep this nice little pattern to keep your your cycle regular where it's coming at the same time. Your period's actually coming at the same time every single month. So that that's all we'll say about that. I don't think we need to dive into what hormones kind of perk up yet, but that is important. So for us women to know. Yeah. So let us know in the comments wherever you're listening to this. If you are today years old, that you learned that that's your your peer, your bleeding is not your cycle. The whole cycle is it's your cycle. It's the cycle. <laughs> it menses is part where you bleed. Yeah. So and then ovulation is in the middle of your cycle. That's another one that I I get that patients don't understand. Yeah. You know that God trusts women more than men. They get one egg. One. One egg a month, mm-hmm. and men get what five billion? I was gonna a say day, a day. Every twenty-four hours, they reset their testosterone. They get, I don't know, it's in the millions, billion, yeah, or eighteen million or something, whatever it is, and we get one egg. Who does God trust more? Mm-hmm. One little eggy. Who's his favorite? That's released from one little ovary. Yeah. So, and you wonder why we get so cranky. Right. And why it lasts longer because those hormones take days and days and days to shift. But I'm going to, yeah, we, we do. Um, so back to birth control, birth control, obviously its purpose is to prevent pregnancy, right? But that's why it was designed and made. And it is great at doing that for the most part. Of course, there's people that are like, oh, I was on birth control and I got, or I had an IUD and I got pregnant. That happens. So in anything I say about birth control, I do not want to take away from the fact that it does prevent pregnancy. That is not my issue at all. And if you choose to take birth control to prevent pregnancy, that totally makes sense. That totally makes sense. So please do not twist anything that I say now. Yeah, it's the side effects that give the pause. Yes, with with that, because they do work. But I don't believe that we, practitioners, doctors, whoever, talk enough about the consequences of birth control, the side effects of it, the long-term studies that that have shown us long-term implications of it. That was never, were, were you told any of it? No. I wasn't. I mean, it takes eight weeks for gluten to get out of your body. How much does hormones that we've been putting in for years and years and years? So you learned something from me. <laughs> yes, it, it's so true. So the, the, one fact that I actually didn't know until very recently, in the past couple of years, was that combined oral contraceptives, 
so the pill, uh-huh. certain pills, is actually classified as a group one carcinogen. Do we that's know what bad. that means? That's very bad. Yes. So this is by the International Agency Research on Cancer. A group one carcinogen means that there is enough evidence that it causes cancer in humans. Okay? There's sufficient evidence that it causes cancer in humans. But we are popping it like candy. We are giving it to 12-year-olds. 13, 14, 15, who then end up being on it for 20 plus years, knowing, knowing that there's literature that says that it causes cancer. And that's breast cancer, ovarian cancer. Mm-hmm. Yes. So the to kind of piggyback off of that, which I'll go through the cancers that it does cause, but or can cause, I should say, only 40% of women are on birth control. For the purposes of preventing pregnancy. What are the other 50%? Let that sink in. 40% of women are only using it to prevent pregnancy. Which is the 40% love you guys. Don't have have an issue with that. The 60%, that other 60%, fibroids, PCOS, endometriosis, heavy periods, acne. That is the 60% of what women are getting birth control for. My problem there is that birth control does not fix any of that. Band-aid. It's absolutely a band-aid. It's not even a good Band-Aid. No, it's a synthetic Band-Aid. It's a fake one. And so so these synthetic hormones are literally shutting down the communication between the brain and the ovaries. And that is what, in air quotes, is fixing the problem by literally degrading that feedback loop. Fix the actual problem, y'all. Like why I don't understand in conventional medicine why that isn't a flag. Like, hey, this person is getting heavy periods for a reason. This person is getting fibroids for a reason. Has endometriosis for a reason. PCOS for a reason. Go find that reason. Find out. And then make the lifestyle and nutritional mm-hmm. adjustment that we can and then figure out what other supplements or whatever they need to be done. Exactly. And the other kind of side of it is that I think is important too is the risk factors outside of cancer that taking birth control can cause over time. Women who are on birth control are 23% more likely to be, to be prescribed an antidepressant, 300% more likely to develop Crohn's. Ooh. 300%. Three times more likely to commit suicide. Again, this we're handing it out like candy to teenagers and not disclosing this information. And that that is my biggest thing is you as a human should have the knowledge, should have the in-depth knowledge, I should say, in order to make an educated decision for yourself. And if you know all these facts and you're like, hey, I still want it because I like how I feel on it, or it does this, this, and this, which serves me justice, then amazing. I would never judge you for it. What I am judging is the fact that we're not given that information. To advocate for ourselves. And make sense. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. If I had known then what I know now, would I still make it? No, I won't have. I would have skipped it. I mean, I'm Yeah. For me, because I know that that does, nobody doesn't like it. I mean, yeah. it was 
I mean, I felt miserable for a week. I went back and was yeah, that was your body telling you. Mm-hmm. And, you know, not only that with kind of more the extreme things, but with birth control, with oral birth control, it has been shown, literature shows us that it depletes things like B vitamins, selenium, magnesium, vitamin C, vitamin E. Vitamin D is a big one too. It shunts down our testosterone. Women's testosterone, when I check labs and they're on birth control, will be down in the dumps. And we don't think about these consequences with how that can lead to things like increased inflammation and fatigue and thyroid disorder and headaches and, hey, fertility issues. Crazy. So, and women, I get heated. Women do need testosterone. Yes, yes. Women do need testosterone. That's another wonderful point is that, you know, I get a lot of, obviously men are very focused on testosterone as they should be, but women should be too, because testosterone, it's not just our libido. It's not just our sex drive. It is literally our, um, it's our motivation. It's our, we can wake up and conquer the world type of hormone. It's how we maintain lean muscle mass. It's our cognitive energy. It's important. Y'all feel me? (laughs) They're all, they're all important. But I mean, it's just, you get into this thing of, you know, I don't want as much testosterone as a man, but I want. want. Okay. So side note, our muscular structure is different than men. Mm -hmm. So if we have to wear bikinis, I would like the muscular structure of a man's butt over my butt, but my butt nice and round and squishy but you know what i mean listen like this is totally- you guys know how many times i go to will if y'all haven't seen my husband's butt everyone on the planet comments on it watch, watch so like he he'll be fighting and literally the commentators male commentators because will when he's fighting he wears these like little booty shorts they're not booty shorts they're spandex but they look like booty shorts because his butt's so big sorry babe and even the commentators will be like, man, he's just built like a horse. And that's a lot of like horsepower, you know, i.e. you got a big booty. Yeah. Every day I'm like, can I just get some? Yeah. Can I get some of that? <laughs> can, yeah. Just, can we switch and you get my butt to look like, and then we'll switch back. And yeah. No amount of squats I could do on the planet to get the perfect little bubble butt that he has. But they have their hormones for a reason. And we have yes. ours. They can't make babies. And we have all the squishy parts in all the right places. Right, we're supposed to have those squishy parts. Yes, yes. It, it, life. If we didn't have those squishy parts, there was no, there's no way to. And that's when our estrogen drops. So right. I don't know if you experience this, but high level women athletes often don't have periods, be- and that's because estrogen is stored in fat cells. So when you lose all that fat, you don't have the estrogen to spike during the first half of your cycle. Right. Yes, to induce ovulation to then, you know, it kind of kills that feedback loop. So I actually had a patient the other day. It was very fascinating. She had a study done on her when she was in college because she was a very high level, like D1 track athlete, very lean, like, you know, 4% body fat, but still got her periods. And so people actually flew to do studies on her. And it was because she was housing her estrogen, oddly enough, in the middle layer of the skin instead of the fat. I know I come across the coolest things, but fun fact, that's why women, female athletes tend to not have their, their periods. That's how estrogen plays a role in, in getting our period. Anywho, we, we keep digressing. Is it digest or digress? It is, but I like to say it. So you know that you're saying that. But I digest. You're like, 
Hannah Kate, do you know that you're saying digest, not digress? Yeah. The word, the actual word is I digress when I say I digress. Someone taught me that years ago and I just thought it was like, now you know. Now I know. Now everybody's going to be. Now everybody knows. The other important factor is ovulation. So when we use things like birth control, the reason why we don't get pregnant is because it suppresses ovulation. So again, if you're doing it for the sense of preventing pregnancy, wonderful. That That's its job. Please continue to do that. But I think for the women, the 60% who are not taking it for true birth control reasons to con- prevent becoming pregnant, we should know the importance of ovulation and that the long-lasting impact that it has on us when we are not ovulating for a long period of time. Raise your hand if you know that. Were you told that by your OB, DYN? I'm no. today years old. No, today years old. Today years old. Yes. So the ovulation often, we often only hear about it when we are trying to get pregnant. Like that's when we become aware of when we actually ovulate and why it's important. And hey, you got to release that egg to make a baby. But our body works as one system. And ovulating is a very important part of that system, we need to ovulate in order to produce progesterone. Progesterone spikes in the latter half of our cycle. Okay. And it is progesterone is what is protective for things like endometrial, breast, bone, and heart health. We need that. So if we're taking something that damages that release of progesterone, we never get the protection that our body needs to God created our body to do naturally. Yes. Yes, exactly. D-U-M dumb. So not only are we not ovulating while we're on the pill or hormonal IUD, but we can also then have damage or harm done to our adrenal glands, our gut function, our bone density, our brain chemistry. And that's when we get the increased risk of certain cancers because we are shunting all of those hormones from properly doing their job to keep that system moving. I don't know if it's worth it not to get I mean if you're doing it for all the other things, not you know, if you're if you're really good at making babies, <laughs> you just need a break in between babies. Totally, totally good. But for all the other things, that's the risks are not worth And I do understand, you know, if you have a if you're a parent and you have a teenager who you know, is sexually active and you, they aren't teenagers are not, sorry, current teenagers, but yeah, they're, they're currently the smartest humans on the planet. They make dumb decisions. We all make dumb, dumb decisions as teenagers. I understand that as a parent and wanting, especially within that like 14 to 19 year old window to utilize something like birth control, but know these factors. And so know then with your child, when it's an appropriate time to have that conversation to say, Hey, I think it's time that you get off of this birth control. You're responsible enough. You need to understand your period and when you can get pregnant and create a plan so that you don't. Condoms are a wonderful thing to use, you know, and and just but as a parent, I do understand needing to have a backup plan to maybe an irresponsible teenager. But especially as, as women in your 20s, women in your 30s, we are smart enough, intelligent enough, responsible enough to understand our bodies where maybe then think about whether you really need it or not. So I have a question. I always, I've always curious about this. 
So us women take on the responsibility of having to take a pill or get a IUD or some kind of pill. Why don't we just take a bullet out of the gun? I, you know, I mean, if condoms are the thing and we cover up the gun, why don't we just, why don't, why isn't there not birth control for men? You know, I've read things, they, they have been trying and things are developing for sure on that side, but it always seems to come back to the female. It's like, okay, there are diaphragms that now a female can insert or spermicides that you can use, but it has to go on the female. So that's a great question. I don't know enough about the science and what's going on with men, except for, you know, snip, snip. But then, you know, my, I'm going to play devil's advocate here. I'm going to have an issue when something like that comes out because now men create sperm for a reason, right? you know? So if we're then inhibiting that, what is it going to do to our men's ability to reproduce? Their testosterone levels are already dropping insane right. amounts. And they're already shooting blanks most of the time anyway. Right. But just what, I mean, if we have to. No dumb yeah. questions here, but I'm shooting that one down. Yeah. No, it's, but seriously, it's like, well, you know, so especially for women, uh, we're always on high alert when we go out and we always travel. Like it's our responsibility. Right. Yeah. Yeah, when it should be an equal responsibility. Correct. Yeah, that's all I'm 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 saying there. I totally agree. There's um a couple other big things with with birth control that I want to point out because they're just things that I didn't know again until a couple years ago, and I like to share that information. But there's a professor of endocrinology, Dr. Pryor, who found that the women benefit from 35 to 40 years of ovulatory cycles, which means that if we ovulate for 35 to 40 years in our life, there is a great benefit to our overall health, not just for fertility, but to prevent things like osteoporosis, strokes, dementia, heart disease, and breast cancer. So if we take that information and we say, okay, We are meant and designed to ovulate. It's there for a reason, yes, to produce babies. But if we think of our body as one system, it's there for other reasons as well. And we're suppressing that ovulatory cycle. I mean, how many women do you know have been on hormonal birth control for 10, 15, 20 years? A lot of them. So by the time you get off, and then maybe you have 10, you know, years in there somewhere, maybe of ovulation, or you get off of it to then have a baby and then you get back on it. Most women I know are not then having ovulatory cycles for 35, 40 years. We lose in their lifespan. We lose all of that protection, all of that benefit. Yep. Yep. So I, I, again, that their birth control and hormonal IUDs are designed to impact ovulation. And, and of course they do their job to protect pregnancy, but they don't help to balance any hormonal irregularities either. So they just shut down our system. I'd rather personally just find the reason why you're irregular or you're having certain symptoms and, and go after that um, instead of slapping some good old birth control on. Yeah. The more you know. So you keep saying that and my brain goes to my super short show. Okay. I need like... <laughs> Chinese babies up in here. There's like, I forgot what it was. Was it on Disney or Nickelodeon or something? And it was like two kids 
and a sister. Yes. Yeah. And was she not the chick from um, Spy Kids? Was that not the girl in it? I don't remember. Oh that's my gosh! And it said the more. It was like the more. You know, my yep. super short show. Yep. Okay. Oh, I need to know if people out there know what I'm talking. about. <laughs> I I knew what you're talking about. So. Oh my sure gosh. There other, but also for us, eighties, nineties, early two thousands babies, like we didn't know all this stuff, and I feel like even now in the 2020s the roaring 20s you know um that we are just now learning all the things that could have been bad for us or like i think as a culture we want to do better and healthier and have better options but back then it was you know prepackaged, like easy convenience whatever it was i actually still think it's very much that way I think more people, I think we are surrounded by more people who are cognizant and trying, but I still very much think our society is, is a convenient society. Yeah, absolutely. I like my bubble. <laughs> Welcome to our bubble. Welcome to our bubble. Um, another thing I want to talk about, because we mentioned this a little bit now about menstrual cycles, is the what we, what society, being of society, has kind of taught us women is that certain things are normal. And there's a huge differentiation between what is normal and what is common. It is not normal to have intense CMS symptoms, to have, you know, insane migraines and headaches and breast tenderness and irritability right before your period. It is not normal to have PCOS. It is not normal to have painful periods, extremely heavy periods where you're passing clots or skipping periods. That's not normal, but our society has deemed it as normal because it's so common. That's scary. Huge differentiation factor. And I'm also seeing that periods are, so menses, I should say. So when we when we first get our menstrual cycle is happening way earlier, which I'll touch on in our next episode a little bit. Um, but periods should be coming and going without us really needing to stop what we're doing. That's how they're designed to be. And I think our brains have been taught otherwise. That your period comes and you're like, oh, you know, poop. Another word for poop. I have, like, I'm on my period. Or, oh, I'm going to get my period. Or, oh, I can feel like I'm getting my period. When in reality, how God designed us, we are meant to, the period, the actual period. So your bleeding comes and bleeding goes. And that is it. And of course, we're going to recognize when our body's bleeding. But there should not be anything else surrounding that. Anything else surrounding that is abnormal. And it's a disservice to us women to be pigeonholed into thinking that that is normal. I want us to advocate for ourselves to create a new standard of care where we know that, no, this means something is going on with my hormones. Right. And there's an emotional change. So we're not, we're not skipping the emotional thing that comes up with, with period. There, right. there, there is, the, there is a shift there. So it's not, oh, just carry on and bleeding but it should not be it shouldn't be debilitating it shouldn't prevent you from going to work or from going to school or for going out to dinner you know it shouldn't be i'll have to be in bed for the first two days of my period yes to anna case point hormones are shifting so there are some little natural things that happen but it should not be debilitating and now a word from our sponsor 
Most people don't realize the connection between the immune and digestive systems. In fact, 70 to 80% of your immune system lives in your gut. That's why it's so important to protect yourself daily. Stellar Biotics are pioneers in immune and gut health with 20 plus years of science behind their metabiotic and probiotic supplements. They are all natural, proven safe and effective for everyone in your family, children, nursing mothers, and even pets. I trust them for my family's immune and gut health support, and I hope you consider them for your family too. Learn more at StellarBiotics.com and use coupon code DRCC10 to get 10% off your purchase today. All right. So we've been talking about periods and all the fun stuff. So I have a question for you. Um, what's your preferred uh, while you're bleeding? What's your preferred? Yeah, to just keep Catch yourself off. well. Well, or, where, where, what do you do with it? What do I do with what? When you have your when you have your menses. Oh. You mean actual product? Yeah, yeah. Oh, we're not talking about that right now. We're going to talk about that next next episode. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> I'm shutting that one down. I got, I got questions. That and uh, we'll we'll give a little sneak peek. I'm very peculiar with products because of the endocrine disruption side of things. So I definitely want to dive into that. Well, I but we are going to put pause right there the a couple other things before we we kind of break i do like to just this is general insight we have awesome experts coming on so i really want to dive deeper into these conversations when we do have those them on but from my perspective women what we can do to kind of be proactive in different spaces in life whether it's prenatal pregnancy postpartum or menopausal there are different times in life where our hormones shift and there's different things that we, we can do. So prenatal, my biggest advice before getting, and I mean, I should clarify, I mean, prenatal in the sense that like we're thinking about becoming pregnant, maybe in the next couple of years, what we can do as women, I think what should become the norm is that we prepare our bodies. It's just not taking prenatal. Yes, it is doing you know, so a good wellness panel with a functional medicine doctor who can look at micronutrients, who can look at deficiencies, who can make sure that pathophysiologically you are functioning optimally, not just okay in terms of American standards, but optimally to check in on your hormones. Um, also, just starting to get on board with certain supplements and things that you can continue if you were to become pregnant. This kind of goes into pregnancy is there's a safe way to gently detox your body while you're trying to conceive, but also while you are pregnant and continuing that throughout, you know, in your entire pregnancy. So I like things. Yes, I do like a good prenatal. I don't mind if patients take things separately. My brain just can't do that because it's way too much. It also doesn't have to be a coined prenatal. Like now that these are going out in October, I can show you guys <laughs> baby bump number four. Um, but I don't, in this pregnancy, I'm like, I, I cannot touch cap, like four capsules. I don't yeah. want them. It doesn't sound good. So I do love orthomolecular has a prenatal plus DHA that I took in my other pregnancies and I, or with Jada. And I love that one. And I bought like six boxes of it and haven't touched it. So I actually just take Intramax yeah. because it's super comprehensive, has all the right bioavailable forms of vitamins, minerals, amino acids, you name it, omegas in there. So it's an all-in-one-stop all in shop. So it doesn't necessarily have to be prenatal, but it has to be a really great comprehensive multi of which y'all know are the bane of my existence. Yeah. So I only promote a couple. Yeah. 
or take a couple. Comprehensive vitamin and mineral, not just a comprehensive Yes, vitamin. yes. And then I always add in for pregnant women or people thinking of conceiving, always add in a little bit extra vitamin D. Vitamin D, we, we, this is important to know, kind of a side note, it acts as a steroid in the body. So vitamin D, it, it helps us synthesize our testosterone. So we want enough of it, but vitamin D is one of the ones we don't want too much of. It's not like B vitamins where you just pee out what you don't need. Vitamin D can accumulate, can bioaccumulate and cause more neurotoxicity. So we do want a great value, but we don't want to overdo it. So ask your provider what dosage you should be on. I always like some form of gut health. I like immunoglobulins on board. I like a great probiotic on board, especially in pregnancy. Something called lactobacillus rhamnosus is very important. Rhamnus. Um, it is a specific strain of good bacteria that's actually really, really important to preventing group B strep. It can also treat group B strep. If you insert, I'm sorry, I'm ranting, but there's so many women that have group B strep and they then need an IV antibiotic during delivery that just if you take lactobacillus rhamnosus, orthomolecular has a uh, woman's probiotic that's just lactobacillus rhamnosus, insert it vaginally for two weeks promise you then ask your provider to redo a gbs test it'll be negative yes anywho and then with the gentle detox i like to rotate glutathione liposomal glutathione NAC or n-acetylcysteine and i like a little liposomal curcumin in there too um i don't like the way oh it's nasty but what i do it's sulfury yeah it does but with me taking <laughs> it does with me taking a liquid right now with Intramax, what I do is I take my Intramax, which is the liquid, so it's in a it's I put in a little cap and then I pour the glutathione in there. I put a couple drops of extra vitamin D and then I don't take the glutathione. So there's ways to mask it. Um but you can do NAC also or you could do capsule form of glutathione. Um liposomal is best. Yes, it pulls it into the cells more readily using either phosphatidylcholine or phosphatidylserine. Um, I love milk thistle mm-hmm. to help gentle detox through the liver. We have to pull everything, mostly everything through our liver. So that's a really great, just safe way in pregnancy or preconception to detox through your liver. And then I love beef liver also. So some women, you can do like an iron glycinate. Some women don't need it, but beef liver is awesome to help nausea, to help with energy levels, to yes, help sustain iron levels. In capsule. Okay. I, I cannot do the organ. Yeah, let me be very clear. I just wanted to clarify. No. This girl is a texture girl. There is no way. And we actually have some in our freezer because Will is Will and he just does things. And I cannot, I, I cannot touch it. But capsule. So they freeze dry it and get maintain and retain all of the yes. value. In. Yes, exactly. Um, And then kind of moving forward with postpartum, the biggest thing is to give yourself some grace. I recently had a patient who went through so many unnecessary things within the first six weeks of being postpartum because of how red blood cells look. And she was, I mean, told that she had cancer. She was told lymphoma. She was told that she had to go to, yes, all these specialists. And then finally, she met with a different OB, who's a midwife, And they were like, sweetie, your red blood cells take up to six months after you have a baby 
to regain their strength, to show as normal on paper. So all these other doctors didn't know this. They yeah. have the gumption or the grace yeah. to tell her, or mercy to tell her that, hey, let's retest. I don't, obviously we don't like this, but you just had a baby. So let's retest in six months right. and make sure that everything is a hey, Y'all, like, it is so important to know that during pregnancy, your cells shift, your neutrophils increase, your white blood cells increase, your red blood cells increase, things shift for a reason, you're making a baby. And it can take six months plus for all of that to return back to normal. So a good provider will know that will not have you panic. But to my point, kind of taking care of yourself postpartum, it's multifaceted. It's a hormonal aspect. We have to kind of let things ride and do their job. We don't want to touch hormones at that point. But that doesn't mean you can't support yourself. And there's not enough out there that says, hey, you just had a baby or you're about to have a baby. Have this in your pantry to help sustain, to help um, just prevent postpartum depression, mm-hmm. to help you heal physically after you have baby. And then you already have it ready and you're taking it. Some things that I love at that point in time um, are either iron glycinate or iron bioglycinate. It's the most bioavailable form of iron if you don't want to take beef liver or you're, you're, you know, it's it's against your religion to do beef. Um, Then iron glycinate is wonderful or bioglycinate. Continue with your omegas, continue with either your comprehensive multi or your prenatal with some extra vitamin D. Trace minerals are very important at this point in time. And then lithium orotate is also something wonderful. Lithium orotate is a mineral, so not to be confused with the drug lithium. Or the battery. Don't, don't eat batteries. Please. Don't eat batteries. Yeah, please do not. Um, but lithium orotate is a mineral that most of us are actually deficient in anyways. But it's a wonderful mood stabilizer so it won't touch none of this will touch your hormones it won't impact how you produce milk or anything like that that's why we don't want to touch hormones postpartum Um, but it will help to prevent postpartum depression along with your good b vitamins and your vitamin d because it just helps to stabilize the mood a little bit interesting yeah vitamins are cool i know they're so cool um and the last is nad it's something like true niogen NAD is nicotinamide. It is a derivative of niacin, which is a B vitamin. And when your body goes through a, a trauma or a stress or anything that's oxidizing our cells or, or breaking us apart ourselves too quickly, we lose NAD. That NAD is needed in the Krebs cycle to kick out ATP, which is usable energy for every, every, every cell in the body. And it doesn't. So I've taken this before and done NAD my brain and mm-hmm. help my but also you don't get that, that niacin blood. No, because it's, it's a derivative of the niacin. So yes, absolutely. So don't point. think that just regular niacin is the same as NAD. Yeah. Because it won't be. And you'll take what is recommended for NAD in regular niacin and you will be. Yes. And so. NAD right now is a huge fad in the anti-aging community. And that's not the reason at all. I use it for my patient populations. To your point, I use it in a lot of my chronically ill patients to help recover cognitively, physically. Um, but postpartum is just, and in that sense, we're using it as IVs or nasal sprays or things like that. Um, but postpartum, if you use it as a capsule, it just helps to regain your cognition. It helps with that fogginess you have after pushing out a baby and helps with your cognition and your mental clarity and just gives you a little extra safe pep in your step. 
safe while breastfeeding. That's a great option. Um, I do have a request. So this yes. is from my patient because I am not a, a provider, but I do believe that, and I'm a firm believer of this, the binder. We're going to bring up the binder again. Oh, her binder is wonderful. Every year you figure out when it is, but go and get comprehensive labs done. So you know your baseline. So when you do get pregnant or something else happens that, hey, my what my white blood cell count chronically low then that's been chronically low for years so if i go to a regular doctor and they say oh your white blood cell count is low she's like yeah i know <laughs> and but that's my i'm comparing my new numbers against my old numbers yeah. so you have something to go off of that the was it the range mm -hmm, the reference range the reference range doesn't really i mean it means something but it doesn't really mean anything to you if you're getting consistent right not everybody is in the box we put everybody in a box and not everybody falls in that box. And that doesn't mean something's wrong. Sometimes it absolutely means something's wrong, but it's good to know your own box. <laughs> People can take that really wrong. Yeah. And, well, in the reference range on who, who did they test to make up that? Uh -huh. Exactly. Is it chronically ill patients like me? Is it super healthy athletes that are running on all, all four cylinders? Mm -hmm. Is it kids? Is it, I mean, mm -hmm. who... I don't know what the reference range is. Is it men in this reference range? Mm -hmm. And I'm a female. Is it female in the reference Is it a female on her period? Yeah. Reference ranges don't change when you're on your period, but ourselves sure do. Mm -hmm. So knowing what your labs say, and you can compare yourself to, even if you do it every couple of years. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I would suggest as, a, as just me to do it once a year, but a provider will tell you, what yeah, for someone else, it might be every two to three years, depending on what's going on. But one last thing that I want to touch on in this episode is menopause. Pause. So, you know, menopause happens or perimenopausal or whatever we want to call it when you start going through menopause can happen at a different age for everybody. Usually you can look at your mom and see ish when you might start going through it. For some women, it's mid 40s. For other women, it's mid 50s. But I'm a firm believer that God designed us a certain way and we are meant and designed to go through menopause, just like we're meant and designed to have our period and to ovulate and to have all those cycles for 35, 40 years of our life. But that doesn't mean that you cannot do something to ease the symptoms of going through menopause. Some women sail right through it. I mean, my mom, she told me this the other day, she had intense symptoms for like four days. She started on some Chinese tea from a Chinese medicine or from a Chinese medicine specialist. And after four days, nothing, nothing at all. And so you can, you can do certain things to, to help your body get through it if you want. But I am a firm believer that God designed us to go through that for a reason, but it doesn't mean that you can't help yourself in that situation. Cause some women have those, just the symptoms are so severe for so many years. Does that correlate to the stress during your I do find that there's a correlation. Yes, absolutely. And how early you started your period in life. Mm -hmm. Usually I'll see women who got their period earlier in life go through menopause much earlier than somebody else. What grade were you? Uh, seventh grade. Like mm -hmm. Which was normal back then. Yeah. That was normal timing. That is still normal timing. But we're told that oh, now it's precocious puberty if they're eight years old. Eight. So nine is considered normal for, for girls now. And I'm like, no, ma'am. 
Um, anyways, with, with menopause, what happens with the symptoms is when estrogen is depleted, then we, that is where we can get the most symptoms. Our skin can get dry. We can have breath tenderness. We can have mood swings. We can have hot flashes, vaginal dryness, and so much more. Um, low progesterone then, when our progesterone shunts down, can cause weight gains. A lot of women who start to go through menopause will gain a very quick 10 pounds and be unable to lose it. Heightened anxiety is very common. Depression, sleep issues, low testosterone. We touched on testosterone a little bit earlier, but we start to lose our oomph. We start to lose our ability to manage stressful situations. Definitely libido, but it's mental clarity. It's just that that yes, we can conquer the day. Hormone, it's like that first fall day when you actually get to wear your boots and your sweater and it feels so good outside yes. and everything is bright. You lose a little bit. Of that. Yes, exactly. You can. So, you know, there are different things that we can do. There are natural options. Um, that we can use to support our bodies that we'll talk about a little bit in our next episode. And then there's bioidentical hormones where you can actually replace with not synthetic, please, but with bioidentical testosterone, bioidentical estrogen, bioidentical progesterone through functional medicine providers who use compounding pharmacies to get the bioidentical hormones to help you sail through it as well. And my biggest thing there and what I tell patients is I'm not looking to, and I make this word up, but I'm not looking to over estrogenize you. I'm not looking to put too much estrogen in you that you are now spotting and it's putting you back to where, you know, you were 30 years ago. All I'm looking to do is give you that protective layer because estrogen is protective. It's protective. We talked about a little earlier for your bones, for your cardiovascular system. For women who have intense family histories of osteoporosis, estrogen is protective. So I just want you on the board a little bit to serve as that protective layer, but not over estrogenize you because then you're going to have a whole bunch of symptoms on the other side. So if that's you and you are looking for some help, find a great hormone doctor who can help you with bioidentical hormones, but know that you have options if you want. Because I know we got other stuff in our next Yeah, episode. I'm done now. <laughs> but I, we hope that you learned something. If you were today years old when you learned something, please let us know. Um, and if you have other questions that don't get answered in this episode or the next episode, so we can listen to you now, um, please ask. We are all we all are all about creating clarity around whatever your questions are. Yeah, absolutely. And our our next episode, we'll dive deeper into non toxic products how, you know, personal care products, especially feminine products can disrupt our endocrine system um, and some really simple daily changes that you can make to optimize your hormones. And then after that, we have some awesome guests coming on. Yeah. So stay tuned, y'all. So until next time, let's let's discover discover together. Hey, discoverer, let's discover more. Find episode link in today's show notes. Follow us on Instagram and TikTok at the discovery doc. Connect with us on Facebook at the discovery doc like and subscribe on youtube find us wherever you listen to podcasts visit our website thediscoverydoc.com this podcast is produced by soulpreneurs association and powered by soulsoftware.co empowering your digital journey with innovative solutions 
The content provided in this podcast provides general information and discussions on various topics related to health, wellness, and medical advancements. However, it is essential to understand that the content provided in this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. The hosts, guests, and contributors are individuals sharing their personal experiences, opinions, and knowledge in their respective fields. While they strive to provide accurate, up-to-date information, medical knowledge is constantly evolving and the information presented in this podcast may not always reflect the most current research and medical guidelines. It is crucial to consult with a qualified healthcare professional or medical expert for specific medical concerns. Never disregard professional medical advice or delay seeking medical treatment based on the information presented in this podcast. The Discovery Doc Podcast encourages listeners to use their own judgment and discretion while implementing any suggestions, recommendations, or lifestyle changes discussed in this episode. Each individual's medical situation is unique and may work for one, may not be suitable or safe for another. The podcast hosts, guests, and contributors are not liable for any direct, indirect, consequential, or incidental damages or harm that may arise from listening or acting upon the information provided in this podcast. Listeners are responsible for their own health decisions and should exercise caution and seek professional guidance when necessary. By listening to this podcast, you acknowledge that you have read, understood, and agreed to this medical disclaimer. If you have any questions or concerns about this medical disclaimer, please consult a qualified healthcare professional.